This is what renting furniture with Feather looks like. Pieces that fit your style and your space and cost less than your monthly phone bill. Oh, and did we mention delivery and assembly included? Feather. Start renting at livefeather.com. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Wolves Fancast. David Evans here on the podcast this week. We've got Andy Hello. with us and we've got Rye Hello. As, as well. I've noticed that we're all sporting the beards. It's the we time are. of year, it's yeah. definitely yeah. needed at the minute. Now you two look yeah. like brothers, to be honest. Now, that's fair. We're happy with that. Um, I think Andy has a similar probably issue uh, that I have. Anybody with this hairstyle... Beard and glasses gets compared to a multiple number of people. But we consider ourselves part of the ball community and very proud. Definitely. And you you can be in there as a beard community yes. uh, member. Yeah, um, I'm part of that yeah. partial club. Yeah. I'm not gained full access yet. yet no. The bald community club. No. But um, yeah, I, I'll, I'll keep my hair. Yeah. As it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, on the podcast this week, we're going to talk about the game um, against Norwich. We won't bother with Preston. Uh, we'll preview the big game of the weekend, of course, against Fulham. And uh, we've got a bit of a quiz at the end this week, gentlemen, just to mix up a bit. Wow. Exciting. Um, we'll just start off first. You might have noticed throughout the season that Rye hasn't been on very much this season, so it's good to have you back once again. Thank this you. Episode. But he's for an important reason, Rye. He tells us yeah. more about what's been going on in Rye's world. Yeah, I mean, God, yeah, we're amongst friends, so I'm happy to share. I mean, everything is absolutely all good, and it's good to be back on, so thanks for having me on. Um, I think that's... I was last on probably around about October time and I spoke to Dave and um, I'd heard some news, um, cut a lo- very long story short, my daughter had been uh, diagnosed with a heart defect called uh, tetriology of fallow, which um, is more commonly known as hole in the heart. And as when you get those type of news really in, in your life, things kind of get put to the wayside. So... Um, with a holding a full-time job and a number of commitments outside of work, uh, kind of c- took a um, you know a back seat really. And I've listened to the pod and, and enjoyed it, um, and kind of cut forward to now coming back on the pod. The, the good news to cut a, a story relatively short is that um, in January of this year, my daughter undergoing um, heart surgery, and she's effectively had her heart fixed, which sounds so simple, but there's so much more to it than that and um, it's great to kind of get back on an even keel so Florence is in a good way it's great to be back and um, you know I think I'll probably just take this opportunity now as as well to um, you may have seen uh, online on t- on Twitter I put a post up um, in regards to the half marathon that I'm running uh, on the 18th of March and I mentioned that purely for the basis that there's so much I could talk about with, with my daughter and what she's gone through and what we've gone through as a family. But the absolute good news and the positive news, what I've drawn from it is the amazing experience that we've had from Birmingham Children's Hospital. They've been absolutely wonderful. So um, you may have seen, I think the fancast have put it out there and may do between now and the run on the 18th of March that... Um, 
I'm currently in training as well for the half marathon to raise a little bit of money for the mm. uh, the charity. So things are good, things are positive. That is the short story to say that it's great to be back on. Daughter's doing really well, really positive. And um, yeah, I mean, of a number of things that uh, have happened over the last few months, the a lot of people listening will, will know about the hospital. And I'm not going to get political because it's not really the, the forum for it, but we know that funds um, are tight with the NHS. We know things are tough. Uh, and, and what I'm hoping to do is to raise a little bit of money is to help the ward in which Florence, my daughter, was on and help a lot of other kids and families as well. So if you want to donate, Twitter handles at Rye Hoops. Uh, the fancast will put that out. And thanks to everyone for their support. Yeah, so when, when is the half marathon? So it's 18th of March. Uh, it's a Stafford half marathon. And um, yeah, a lot of my time has been kind of taking up training. And do you know what? The good thing we're running, and it's absolutely crazy, I'll just share this with you now. When Florence was um, in hospital and she was in intensive care, the very morning she was in intensive care, I went for a run. And it was the best run I've done. Mm. And I think running can be such an amazing tonic because for that time that I was out running, everything was, I don't know if I could say polarised, but you kind of take yourself to a different place mm. and it's so therapeutic. So it works on a number of levels in terms of I'm getting healthy, mm. I can see my daughter getting healthy and we're raising a little bit of money for yeah. them. And we're up to 800 quid now, which is brilliant. And what the money will go directly to is the ward and it will help lots of other families from all over the country, because uh, ultimately they go on the ward after they've had major heart surgery, and it's all then about their aftercare, building their confidence back up, getting them back on an even keel. So, well, firstly, yeah. fa- firstly, fantastic about Florence. Yeah, all went well, and, and she's doing well as far. She's doing great. She's she's doing absolutely fantastic. So she's um, she's due to see the hospital at the end of the month, and uh, she's doing well, and. How can you ever say thank you more than someone who's literally fixed mm. your daughter's heart? And, yeah, and, and exactly. it, it's, it's amazing, and they do some amazing things. So, yeah, life's getting back to normal, whatever normal is. So hopefully I'll be back on this and enjoying the, the podcast on as well as listening as well. But yeah. I know, you know, Birmingham Children's Hospital do absolutely fantastic work. So it's a, it's a great cause to donate to. I know they've been great with my daughter as well. Um, mm. since, since she, when she was born and, and I think Stu as well Stu won't mind us saying I think his, his son's recently uh, been there as well mm. so that they're a fantastic place yeah. Yeah. so we'll, we'll share the link um, on yeah. our usual social channels uh, but I'll say make sure you donate to, to Roy's uh, Half Marathon it's a great cause to do so as well uh, let's talk about some cool. Wolves news now and Harry uh, Burgoyne old Harry Burgoyne signed, signed a new two and a half deal at Wolves in the last few days um, great to see for for, for the youngster, um, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I didn't think he would perhaps get I, a deal. I didn't but... expect him to still be here now. If I'm honest, I thought he would have been moved on as part mm. of the the Nuno revolution. But yeah, it, it's good. He's I mean, obviously impressed. Yeah, I mean, he was great for us on our 300th episode. If you listen to it, and you can listen to it if you go back on the archives as well. Uh, but I guess because there, there is that kind of element of. He could have been loaned out, but I guess with people like Norris as well, if one of the two of Woody or Norris gets injured, you've got to have that backup still. Yeah, and it's interesting we're talking about this the day after 
the Norwich game and, and <laughs> I think uh, yeah, yeah, you can probably see where we'll, we'll, we'll get to when yeah. we do the review when we talk about keepers but yeah um, like you say he's had a good start to his career in a sense that obviously he had the cup game and he mm. you know, played at Liverpool and that was fantastic um, and then we brought in Norwich who has had those cup games this year so he's not had the opportunity he's not gone out there but um I think there's probably a concern about how we're looking after the, the young players, but then that just shows that, hey, you know, um, there may be an opportunity in the future for them. Mm. Um, and a two-and-a-half uh, two year deal, yeah. that, that is a sizable chunky, you know, mm. in the grand scheme of things. You know, maybe if you've got an 18-month deal, you would have thought, hang on, is, is something playing here? But two-and-a-half deals is not bad. Mm. Well, you looked at it with Jack Price in the summer when we extended it by 12 months, was mm. it? We took the option, and you think, well, that was purely just to get some money and move yeah, him on. Yeah. But as you say, two and a half year deal, he's shown a bit of faith in the youngster. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm all for it. I think the the, the future is bright and we we're definitely bringing through some decent looking youngsters. So the more the merrier. Uh, also other news, uh, the Colorado Wolves friendship is blossoming <laughs> as usual as Joe Mason has gone on loan. Is it for the season he's gone on loan with how they yeah. with how they work? Yeah. Um, so yeah, Joe Mason's joining old Jack Price over there and obviously Neil Emblen, who I hadn't realised he's going to be. Is he assistant yeah. coach or manager? One of those Something titles? like that, mm-hmm. yes. Um, you know, if you look back at the, the the January window, it was surprising that Joe never actually got a you know got a club. He, he almost became a bit forgotten, really, after yeah. that window. But good to see that he's got a move, and also he's going to get regular football. And it, interesting that perhaps America, you know, the MLS is now becoming a bit more attractive to players who wouldn't be seeing it as a kind of end of career kind of move. Yeah, isn't it strange that, like you say, mid twenty. You know, twenty sort of midfielders are going out there now. Um, I think was it Bradley Wright Phillips went over a couple of years yeah. ago and, and that, tore it up, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but but prior to that, you're absolutely right. We've seen you know the likes of Keane and Lampard, and obviously prior to that, Beckham players associated with you know great careers and and at the end of their career. So um, you wonder that. I mean, Jack Bright is an interesting one. I still wouldn't be surprised if he has a few years, comes back and. I think there is a Premier League player in, in Jack mm. Price. I genuinely do, because mm-hmm. um, the guy the guy's a very very good footballer. But look, you know, with what he's got in front of him, you know, um, and then Mason, they're over, it's very towards the back of the queue. Let's be honest, mm. um, very stop start career with Wolves. Um, the signing was a little bit lukewarm. I thought when we signed him from Cardiff, um, then I think he's had a Notable only, I think, Blues away potentially where he, um, he did oh, well. Yeah, he yeah. That cork, yeah. yeah, it was weird with um, Mason, wasn't it? Because from what I remember with Jacket, the, the 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 rumblings were was that he was part of a, a plan for Jacket of two strikers coming in that January. That's yeah. right. Almost like yeah. he was planning to have a duo. Was mm. it somebody from Middlesbrough at the time? Was it um, Kike? Yes, I believe was the the other player who turned us down in the. The dying hours of the transfer window, mm. if I and, remember correctly, and obviously that second signing never pulled off. So you've got Joe Mason, and then you just, and then I, I, he didn't play Joe Mason for ages, did he? From what I remember, he was he was always oh, no. on the bench, and then it was this whole debate, wasn't it, when Siggy was the only striker, and people were saying, "Well, we need another striker." Well, we've got Joe Mason mm. on the bench, but he was always overlooking him. It was a bit of a weird one. It was almost mm. like Jackie didn't fully trust him mm. when he signed him. Which why would you sign him? I always felt that Mason was a very tidy footballer. Mm. He was never going to, you know, 
tear the uh, tear the pitch up and mm. and do it amazingly, but he was never going to let you down. He had the perfect start. I remember we played. I think we played Bolton at home, and it was Siggy's uh, first game at home since he came back. Two minutes in, Siggy has a one-on-one, misses that one-on-one, but then the follow-up from it, the block shot, Mason just drills mm. at home, and, it, and it, I always felt there was a, almost a kind of parallel there. Whoever scored that goal was going to mm. carry on and have a better career, and it looked like it was going to be Mason. Damn it, Siggy. <laughs> and Damn you it. Know, he'll always be remembered for that goal against the Villa last season as well. Yes. When we wouldn't mm. beat them 1-0. So if nothing else, he helped us beat Villa. <laughs> so he'll be a bit of a folk hero for that. <laughs> OK, let's get on to Wednesday night's game. The frustrating result of a 2 all draw at Molyneux against Norwich City. Wolves were 2-1 up at half-time and, like QPR game, were just holding back. But you just thought, like the QPR game, it was all going to be good. We were going to hang in there. But then with 30 seconds to go, Oliveira pulls off a 30-yard strike, which... Rudy tries to save, but it goes in. And Wolves draw to... Well, we've been lucky, haven't we, this season, gentlemen, with results where it's gone our way. We had the QPR game where usually the old Wolves, inverted commas, would have given that away. This time it was a classic old Wolves mentality. But we'll, we'll talk about this game in a bit more detail as well. But what it did bring up, because of the frustrations of the late, the late equaliser, were some key talking points and concerns, again, about the team going forward. Um more notably Ruddy, a phobie maybe as well, mm-hmm. uh, tactics from Nuno. Uh, but let's talk about the game in general. What were people's thoughts of the performance of the game in general? What did everybody think? It, it was very much the old ad- adage of a game of two halves. Mm. We did, I wouldn't say we were brilliant in the first half, but we were good enough in the first half and definitely went in deserving the lead. And the second half was just a complete different team which came out both from Norwich and from ourselves. They upped it so much and we didn't really look like we had any answers to any of the questions they were asking. With the amount of times we gave the ball away was quite astounding, especially from a team who've been quite well known for keeping mm. possession. I mean, ultimately, I mean, I have pulled off some of the stats from yesterday's well, game. Well, here we go, a little stat uh, machine yeah. here. For the uh, the total passes in the match last night, Norwich... Outpassed us by 130 passes. Wow. And they had a better ball retention. Only by 2%, granted, but they completed 85% of their passes to our 83. The way Andy's swiping his phone, it's like when you watch Sky Sports and they've got like the big uh, panel on the wall. Yeah. And they're showing <laughs> yeah, you what's someone's going tweets, on. yeah. Andy's uh, yeah. the Gary Neville of the uh, <laughs> his segment. I don't want to be called that. <laughs> but yeah, they did. They, they just didn't give the ball away. There were a few questions, I think, in regards to how easy they went down, and mm. there were, which I'm sure we can come on to as well, in regards to Alex uh, Neil's comments about ourselves. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, but they did go to ground very easily, but in the grand scheme of things, I don't think that would have been what broke our back. Mm. But it was just very much like we were lacking something. Just that bit of a fight, and... Once the substitutions were made at half-time, it just seemed to unbalance everything. Mm. And I, to be honest, I don't think Nuno got any of the subs right until... Actually, I would say he even got the Morgan Gibbs-White one wrong because I would have taken off Sace because he did nothing when he mm. came on. I know it was only 20 minutes after he came on, but he was terrible. For nothing. He, he was. I mean, from, from the footage I saw of Sace last night... <laughs> I, I get it in terms of with Sace because Sace, I mean, for his country to centre half, so he's actually quite defensive minded. And 
watching him last night was very much calmness. Okay, that's fine, but there was nothing penetrative with the the ball. There was no real guile. There was no forward thinking. It was very sloppy, and also there was some sloppy performances from the back line as well. I actually thought Cody at times was overplaying things where he didn't need to. There was a bit of nervousness that I sensed, and I don't know quite where that came from. Um, but as an, an, as an overview, and we'll, we'll talk in detail about the incident um, of the game, as an overview, I think Norwich are a good side. They come off the back of a, a good local derby last-minute um, resort as well. The week previous, they've got good players, you know, people like Madison. Um, and, they, you know, they've got a talented bunch of players. So... That they did well, but as, as Dave alluded to there, whilst we were under a lot of pressure second half, I still thought we would have done enough to, to cross the line, mm. but I think a draw was was definitely a fair result. Um, but yeah, we can perhaps go into detail in terms of the reasons why perhaps the performance wasn't there, but as an overview, I thought it was quite an average performance. It's, it's funny though, with, with the kind of half-time change, I think we talked about before we started recording that maybe Nuno did it with Saturday on mind, trying to rest players because it is three games in, in seven days. Mm. But it's been kind of the first kind of game for a while where there's been a, a, a bit of criticism on Nuno in terms of his tactics. and. and I, I can doing. say why, because... When we came out with that substitution, we had a, a chat in the group. What formation is he actually playing here? None of us could quite figure out what he was actually trying to do. And the players didn't look like they knew what they were supposed to be doing either. I, I think you had Ndai didn't know whether he was coming or going. Same with Sace. Um Neves is the only player on the pitch who I thought actually had a, a decent mm. game. He was his usual busy self. And obviously he got booked, in he? So he's going to miss the yeah. game at the weekend um, against Fulham. And is he going to miss and Reading, Reading as well? Mm. So I wonder if that was partly why you thought maybe I'll bring Sace on. Because obviously Sace hasn't played since coming back from um, from from our trip away. Um, maybe he's thought, well, he needs to get some minutes on the pitch because he'll be playing in place of Neves on the weekend. Mm. So maybe he thought of that. but The balance um, isn't there, though, really, no. when you name Sace, Neves and then die. You know, they are different players, but essentially they play similar roles. And to have those three in the side, you li- you lose a bit of uh, dynasty from sort of, you know, Costa. And, and, and I, I, from the interviews after the game, Nuno, I think, it suggested that he felt perhaps they might get over running midfield, so they needed an extra body in, te- in the centre of midfield. And that was his argument. But I don't think he would tell us if he intended to rest players because he has a mantra of being humble and, and kind of keeping cars close to his chest. So I think he'd find it disrespectful to say, I've rested this player because we've got bigger fish to fry and we're doing yeah. good in this game. But I, I, I do agree. I think potentially he has it with mine because, you know, Costa at the moment, bar injuries, he's come back and he's the... He's, thank you, Heldy, you're back. And... Um, I didn't really kind of see it, the position we were in at 2-0, the need to uh, bring Sace into, into play. Um, and, and then as, as the game went on, yes, Gibbs White looked good when he came on. Um, but again, we didn't kind of see where he fell into play. And then a phobia, I think, worst of all. I mean, mm. wow. Um, just not just there. Just a shadow of the man yeah. was, isn't it? Yeah. Let's, let's talk about the walls. Well, let's talk about some of the goals. Well, really, you know, um, Jota with the first goal. But I think Andy, you were saying to me, it, it might have gone down as an own goal. Now. Yeah, I think it went. Down, I think it was Lewis scored the own goal. He 
cross he'd uh, shot across the keeper the keeper got a foot to it and it, it landed at the feet mm. of the defender and that was given by goal line technology yeah. wasn't it which I think was might be the first one at the Molyneux which ah. has been given could be wrong on always that always nice to see a classic history yeah. I think the first one we've had was Blues Away but I think that might be mm. the first one at home and we have Undy's goal as well it was a header wasn't it yes yeah, lovely yeah. lovely cross yeah. got a bit of power on the uh, on the twist of the neck and keeper had no chance good old Undy gets those goals in um, and is it now that oh, I think I saw today that both Cav and Douglas have got the most assists in the league so far this season 10 yes 10 apiece. each I believe yeah which is good, and then obviously Norwich came back a couple of minutes later with their goal, dodgy free kick, and because uh, people were yeah. questioning the ref performance again last night. Yeah, it, he was a beast. Man. Yeah, he was, he was, yeah. and I believe. Well, you have to have the same ref over a number of courses this season, but I think he's. Um, someone correct me, but I think he's had a couple of stinkers with us this year. So I know there was a little bit of concern in coming into the game, but. He just kind of broke up play when he didn't need to. A lot of 50-50s were given to Norwich, and that's not being biased. Um, but it was interesting, um, and he touched on it in terms of the, the comments from the Preston manager after after their game and the protection of our players. But again, last night, you know, um, yes, they've got to stand up to certain tasks, and we don't want to see them rolling over unnecessarily, but they get, kept getting kicked, kept getting kicked, and the refs do need to step in. But then I think we ended up picking quite a number of bookings. Obviously, Nevis being, unfortunately, the um, the most difficult one to take with his subsequent ban. I think um, with the refereeing situation, and this is a broader point, really, is that a lot of refs now don't give a free kick unless you go to ground. So that might be why there's a bit of criticism flung at some of our players, and as I've just flung at Norwich, is the very much that you don't you can be fouled, and still be on your feet, but the refs don't often give that as a free kick. So I think that's a bit of an mm. issue in the modern game, is that the refs aren't clever enough to, to spot what's going on a lot of the time. And then right at the end of the game, Oliviera, is, is, I always worry about pronouncing names, Oliviera. Yeah. Another guy we were yeah. linked quite heavily yeah. with as yeah. well. Um, 30 seconds to go, striding into our box, and just decides to take a shot, which... Kind of bounces to the corner of Ruddy. He does palm it, but it still goes in. And you watch it back, and you're like, "Ooh, it's that should be saved. Sickener. That should be saved." And it was sickener. But let's talk about John Ruddy because I think if if, if Wolves had won this game two one, I don't think the criticism would have obviously come as much against Ruddy as it was. Be- obviously, because it's a last minute equaliser. He's obviously to blame for it, so the mm-hmm. Christian's going to come to him. But bubbling under the surface for the last few weeks, which we've had in our own group chat and perhaps with some fans, is people still unsure about Rudine. In the last two or three games, he hasn't been as commanding, I don't think it's a word, as he's usually been. Where do people stand? Trying to take out of the last that last second goal, out of context of this, in the whole general view, where do people stand on, on, on John Rudine? Is someone that perhaps should still be in the side, or perhaps does the Norris question get asked a bit more? I think it sounds a little churlish, really, but I think he has been fortunate to have had the defence in front of him. I genuinely do. I'm not saying he's not a decent keeper. He is. He is a decent championship keeper. And particularly at the start of the season, um, he's had some fantastic performances. But I also think what has also kept him in the team, um, you know, saves included, 
is his distribution because we know in this modern game how vital it is for a keeper to play out from the back and his long throws and and the way he um he's kicking and so forth um so all round yes he's a decent keeper but he's had his wobbles he genuinely has and I think we've probably been spoiled because we're aware of Norwich as a keeper. We're aware of his performances in the cup competitions against, you know, some bloody good players in, you know, against Man City, for example. Um, he makes me nervous. John really does at the moment. Um, I don't see a commanding nature. He mentioned it himself in interviews um, prior to the game, and. It would be a huge move, particularly when it's the keeper. And we'll go on to this when we talk about the team for next week. But you can probably see where I'm going with this. But I, I would put Norris in for the next game. Um, it is a big move. And it's a defence as a unit. And to break that one up, it's a big call. However, I am taking completely out of the equation that last-minute goal in isolation. And I think his general play has been very nervy. Is it a big call, though, given the fact that the time of the season we're at now to make such a big change? But also with Norris, okay, played great in those games, but they were one-off games, though. Any player can have a great Mm. game in one or two one-off games. So I think it's a question of, you know, yes, maybe he could make the change, but will Nuno make the change? I don't think he will, and I think the difficulty... He may have, and, and, and that's a fair point, is say, for example, Norris comes in on Saturday and doesn't have a particularly good game. It's then very difficult to then reverse back and go, John, now you're, you're in. <laughs> and that position is so difficult. You can alternate on other areas of the pitch, but that one is tough because the way I see it, you're either you're my number one keeper or you're not. Mm. And I think I would expect Nuno to show a leap of confidence to, to Ruddy and keep him in. And um, as an ex-keeper himself, yes, I'm sure he yeah. would have experienced yeah, yeah, similar yeah, yeah. things where he's been through that too. So I think he probably will stick with Ruddy. Whether he should or not remains to be seen. Um, when we signed Ruddy, he was 100% what we needed at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Off the back of everything we, with Carla Kimi, we needed someone to come in who's been there, done that, and has got that big, strong personality. Now we're a bit further down the road and... The team has pretty much gelled. Maybe it might be the right time to introduce Norris, get him some of those minutes on the pitch, getting that game time that he needs. Because I don't think he's even been playing for the under twenty. Uh, no, no, he's, been, he's just been the reserve keeper yeah. in the squad for us. But I guess you know, yeah. with, with Ruddy, like any player who has a setback, it takes them to have one good game, and then everybody forgets about it. It will just take Ruddy mm, to save yeah. a penalty, for example, it, it, and then that's it. You know, yeah, will revert revert back to. Well, it was before, but you know, I think it's 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 one of these debates where, unless he has another horrendous game, he's going to stay in goal. I think it's difficult because there'll be people saying, "Well, look at the stats, look at the clean sheets," and there's probably been points in this season where he's probably been up there as the most clean sheets in Europe. But that's <laughs> not that's not him on his own. He's been a big part of that. And I can't discount the, the, the fact that he has had still a relatively good season. But there are question marks over his performances. And I think there is a good point being raised. I'm not saying we're in a fortunate position that, you know, we're over the line that we can um, 
bring young players in or as you would towards the end of the season where you've got nothing to play for. These are huge, huge games. Um, but I agree with Andy. I think, by the cliche, a safe pair of hands. He absolutely was. But I think the way Nuno prepares his squads is that he can alternate in all positions and Norris will be aware of that back line and how they play in the formation. Um, so I don't think he will, but I think he would be comfortable coming in on Saturday should... Uh, he make that call. I think, as you just said as well, with 16 clean sheets he's got this season. I'm, I'm sure it's, it's probably... It's, a yeah, round, I mean, it's ridiculous and we're questioning the keeper, I know. Yeah, but. but how many of those 16 or so games has he had to make one save? But does this... Mm. But does this uh, I was going to come to this at the end, but I think I kind of need you addressing that. Does this come to the bigger picture, though, that because of the position we're in, because... Some of our fan base, let's just say, have been bigging up whether we may be promoted already. Therefore, when something doesn't go right, we are all a bit genuinely worried because we don't want to give away the position we're in. Is this all the result of this position we're at at the minute? That we are, you know, what, we're still nine points <laughs> clear at top, 13 points clear of third, yet we're all starting to worry. Now, in, in, you put that out of context, that's, that's ridiculous to say that. No, but because of yeah. the position we're in, and we're worried almost about giving something away, which I think I saw a stat from, I think after after the 20th when we had this season, uh, or, or we played the 20th game, where basically no team had uh, ascertained that many points and not been promoting since Man City in the 1800s. Mm. Yeah. And are we worried that we've ascertained such a play, style of play football so early, and... Such a commanding lead that any little chink in the armour is panic stations. We're gonna, it, it's yeah. going to crumble around us. And we're going to go back to what a lot of us have said is that kind of old mentality we used to have before, you know, this style of football we've had now. Is, is this kind of just add, add, I add it to it? Because if we'd have been six points clear a few weeks ago and now we're nine points clear, we wouldn't be worried at all. Mm. But because we were 12, looking at 15 points clear at one point, yeah. and now all of a sudden we're nine, it's like, oh, hang on, we need to look over our shoulders. But realistically, nine points is still still three ma- three uh, losses to three wins for another team, plus our goal difference. Mm. So it is ridiculous to be thinking about these things. And although we, you know, we want top spot, and there is that argument of if we weren't to get top spot now, it would be a bit embarrassing. Ultimately, the top two is the key. The 13-point gap is the key. Yeah, well, yeah. It, of course it is. And, and if, if you finish second, you're going to start in the same league as, you know, who, who finished top. But it would be a little embarrassing. Yeah. It would. It, it would. <laughs> it let's, would. Let's, uh, yeah, come no. on. I mean, it would. It really, it really would. And we can see it now. You know, we were talking about it last night. And I think it was Luke who piped up and said, you know, I can see a couple of, of bad performances and then we go to Villa and it's on the TV and, you know, they get the winner and it's the whole mind the gap thing. And, yeah, I, 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 I'm I uncomfortable with the fact that I think in November the fans was, were chanting, we're going up, we're going up, and it didn't really build momentum. Mm. And I'm so glad it didn't. And the whole mind the gap thing, I know it's a bit of banter and stuff, but... Uh, and Villa may 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 fall away, but but look, we've got history. You know, we 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 know what it's like to lose a twelve point lead, and we lost it to our dearest rivals. So we've got history, so we are concerned. However, 
if we're mid-table and our keepers putting in a few bad performances, they will still be having this same discussion. It's not self-preservation because everything's got to be right to ensure we yeah, keep yeah, our, yeah, our yeah, lead. Yeah, yeah. If it's not right, it's not It's not right. Um, but yeah, absolutely, we're in, a, we're in a bloody good position and it would take a real swing of results. Even if we went on a bad run, you have to t- take into account that somebody else has to go on a very, very good run. Yeah, to eclipse mm. us. I mean, you, you, you know, know it would be what would be more embarrassing in some ways if it was Cardiff, let's just say, mm. who got because you know Neil Warnock's going to yeah. lord over that yeah. for a long time. But you know, if you look apart from Cardiff, who just started a bit of a good run now, Villa aren't really on a you know the greatest of runs. Mm. I know they they had that was it seven eight games they they have continuously yeah. Record, yeah. And now they've uh, drawn lost and drawn the last two games. Derby have, have had chances and did they just equalise to draw last night against Leeds? I believe so. Yeah. Um, so they're not on the greatest run as well. And obviously Fulham will talk about who won a it's good. It's happened to it. everyone in the league, yeah. hasn't it? They've all got to second and they thought oh no we, we don't want to be up here and, and it does all... it does feel like the season we went up when we, we were top I think Andy you mentioned it we, we were top for over December and January we didn't win a game mm. for ages yet we stayed top mm. because other teams below us weren't able to then take advantage it's almost like we're at that position now where we've got an opportunity to maybe take advantage but it's not happening but therefore the teams below us aren't also taking advantage I mean mm. context is we've drawn um Villa have drawn, and you know, um, and, and Derby have drawn, for, for example. Um, but it's just that nagging little yeah, feeling, yeah. isn't it? You know, when you see what I would call an out of character for us performance to a degree, and I'll say that to a degree because there were shades of the QPR second half performance in the game last night. Um, but yeah, just that nagging last minute, it just it does make you feel a little uneasy. Mm. Um, but we've got so much in the camp, and and we have got right to not gloat, but be confident. We've got absolute right to, and I, and, I, and we will be fine. Um, and that's me convincing myself because that's just <laughs> my nature. And that's just, just rocking back, back. Yeah, and forth. we'll be fine. We'll be fine. Okay, but just back onto the game. A phobie. Obviously, mm. came to some criticism last night. It's been four games now, I think, for a phobie. Yeah, four um, games without a goal. Without a goal, then. I, I, um, Barely he, had a he, shot either. Yeah, but did, did he have a chance last night where he could have had a tap in? Uh, there was a. I think it was Douglas played it square across the box and the keeper got to it before the phobie uh, did. Now, has a phobie gone past the honeymoon period now in terms of goals? Because he had the first couple of games well, where he nearly scored and you thought, oh, okay, yeah, he'll get one eventually. When does that period stop or has it already stopped? From the reaction of some of the fans in the ground, it's over. But realistically, he's had two hours of football. I think he's had four. He had a good half hour last night, didn't he? For example, um, yeah. Sorry, Andy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I I don't know because it, it it depends really how infused you were about him coming in the first place. And I wasn't that bothered to be honest. Um, I what I, what I did say at the time. Uh, and these things do come back to haunt you, and I, and it may still be the case. Is that that would be the icing on the cake? Phobie, if Phobie was, this, I think I call him the insurance policy to get us over the line, and he may still will do that towards the end of this season. But at the moment, I'm struggling to see how he fits into the team. Mm. Um, I've noticed when he's come on in the games, we've changed the, our formation or the way we're playing, and. That's when we seem to lose our ways, when the players don't quite know what they're supposed to be doing. Mm. 
and it looks a complete different team with him in. But that's what I, I know that front three of Cav, uh, Jota, and Costa is so key. But that's why I would have perhaps played a phobia front last night to to yes. give him some game time. Yes, you can then make the argument of resting somebody. But then you've got to try and mix up if you're bringing that type of player in. But there have been questions over Josh's performances for the last few weeks. So Mm. had they have dropped him to the bench, I don't think there'd have been too many questions. Mm. And plus as well, he he hasn't missed a minute, has he, Josh, this season? I I can't remember a match where he's been subbed off. No, we were talking last night. It's always Cav, isn't it? Um, I think those three have been the best three as, as as a connection. But, you know, where's Bonatini in the scheme of things here, really? Because, you know, I know he had a very, very good start to the season and Pat's tailored off a little, but I would be more inclined to see Bonatini get a run than, than a phobie. Um I think Bonatini uh, would have suited last night's game better than a phobie, just cause I think he's, his hold-up plays better and he's quite good in both boxes, whereas I don't really see a phobie offering much defensively and we were in, under the cost yeah. so we needed that bit of extra insurance in terms of good performance last night the one that kind of stands out is Morgan Gibbs-White had a good shift again once again yeah that boy's got skills that yeah. paid the bills yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely I mean he, he nearly scored didn't he where he did a great drag back in the in the uh, in their penalty box and um, um, couldn't, couldn't convert the chance he looks a very good player he looks exciting. He looks strong. We saw very few glimpses of him last year, and he looked good. And he looks even better this year. Um, so he he's a positive, and it's not it's not all negative at all. You know, um, Douglas was decent. Cav as well. First half was was excellent. I thought there were some good performances within there. You know, was the pick of the defenders mm, for me. I thought mm. he did okay. And I I thought after a couple of pretty shitty performances, thought he did really well last night. He definitely yeah. picked it up because he was awful against Preston and QPR wasn't it the week before. So all in all then with Norwich, frustrating. We were about to win the game. We've been a, a nice little three points to add, you know, as people say, another point closer as it will, or another three points closer to, to hopeful promotion. But it's a point, it's another step in the right direction. But there is that slight concern given the last couple of games. I mean, Preston as well, people were saying that it wasn't as convincing Again, I know it was tough to go away to mm. Preston. Wouldn't say I went down to ten men. That was when we turned it on. But that yeah. was an hour into the game. Yeah, and then obviously the second half QPR as well. Which is why I, yeah. I keep coming back to. But we got the point. We didn't lose. Yes, everyone else yeah. didn't really pick up results as much around us. We're okay still. Yeah, everyone calm down. Ultimately, we've lost <laughs> one in eighteen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if you take the yeah. last, I think it's the last five games, we've got eleven points out of fifteen. So that, that's pretty all yeah. right. That's all right. Okay, let's, let's talk about the uh, the game of the weekend. It's a big one. It's on Sky, and this now starts off a massive run of games where Wolves are on the telly. I think it's Fulham at the weekend, and then next weekend against Reading on the telly, and then it's Leeds midweek. Then it's Villa on the telly once is again. Is that right? We're on that and I, I think wow. Villa is the last. I think Villa is the the last, last one. Sequence. I think. Yeah. On that sequence, we got Middlesbrough a week or so late. Is it a week later on Good Friday? Oh, Middlesbrough away, where we've not yeah. won for 108 years or something yeah. like that. <laughs> well, we've talked about this, haven't we, with um, with this season. There's been a lot of seasons of first. It would it would kind of top it, wouldn't it, if we were to beat Middlesbrough at the Riverside? God, yeah. That, that, that would be like, mm. no, we are really not the walls that we've grown to love and um, tear our hair out in equal <laughs> measure. Um, but... Uh, 
Yeah, sorry, Dave. No, but we travelled to Craven Cottage on Saturday mm. evening on Sky for a, a very tough time uh, against Fulham. Now, last time around, it was a 2-0 home win in December, which was a very comprehensive win from what I remember. It should have been a lot more, but I think it's going to be a lot different this time around. They seem to have really sorted their shop out uh, since Christmas. They've been on this fantastic run. Uh, they're currently fifth in the Championship. Some people tipping them to nab the second spot. Maybe uh, their last game they drew midweek away uh, one all to Bristol City, which reading some of the reports suggesting they weren't as convincing um, as they usually are, and some of their key players perhaps weren't on as form as they have usually expected it to. I did read of the uh, the Fulhamish podcast, uh, one of the pieces they talked about for new stuff over the last week, um, and again. One of the, a couple of things they mentioned, uh, one key thing that stood out for me was that Fonte and Ojo, who have been quite key for the season, aren't even making the squad at the moment because, they suggest, because of the squad depth, because they've got quite a good squad. And I know Ryan, you were saying that, actually, on paper, they've actually got quite a good squad. Yeah, we were looking at the uh, the side and just I was just familiarised myself because they've kind of come up sort of on, on the outside, haven't they, with their run of results. We know like Cessignon, I think, has been linked with some of the big clubs. We know all about Kevin McDonald as well. Um, they've got a really good side. So they're a good footballing side. So I'm, I'm hopefully it's going to be a, a decent game. Um, see, if... <laughs> If we would have perhaps picked up a win um, last night, then I'd be all over a point. But and, and still, really, in our position, a point away at Fulham is excellent. Um, but it just reaps the pressure. Just, it reaps the pressure, and also, yeah. you know, it, it would give us us confidence as fans uh, and to the wider uh, Wolves community if we were to get a result, a, a win against Fulham, because we know how good Fulham are and to go away and get a win, however that win comes about. Mitrovic mm. as well. Was he the guy at Newcastle? Yes. Was he? yes. And Kearney, who's, who's obviously people rave about as well. Was Kearney the one that... Um, saying like the best championship Yeah, they had a £12 million yeah. pound yeah. rejected, didn't they? Was it West Ham? Well, I think it was yeah. West Ham. Um, and they've got people like Fredericks as well, Sessignon, which is yeah. the, the key one as well. Some of the, uh, as well as a good footballing team, they're quite a physical team as yeah, well. Yeah. So mm. it will be a battle in both senses. People, I was reading this Fulhamish uh, piece as well. Tim Ream, who's an American defender, has apparently been yeah. doing really well so far in recent weeks. They're, they're quite a possession place uh, based side as well. Again, usually we, we are the, the, the possession based side, so it will be interesting if they are on the front foot and we are playing deeper, will we do what we did against, I think it was against Sheffield United to an extent, where we let them come to us and we just need mm. the ball and went on the counter. Mm. You would argue that against teams like Fulham, this will be the ideal kind of game for us because we can then as well play our football as well and get the space and get the opportunities I think you're right I think for, uh, like a, a real fan of like possession based football and technical football it's a cracking game I'm really excited for it I think it'll be a great day um, it is It is going to be tough and I think it, there'll be a lot of teams in the championship looking at that result on Saturday to see how that turns out um, so we'll see but yeah we know it's going to be a tough side there's certainly going to be a tougher prospect than there were earlier on in the season and as they've alluded to there there's been some changes in in the side um, and they've probably got their, their best 11 out there I was surprised actually that they only picked up a point against Bristol City mm. I thought they might have done slightly better so yeah we'll see but um we'll see we'll see <laughs> but it's it's weird to think that it could be like Another draw, three points, you know. Um, but then, 
God, it, it, we have still got that little bit of a cushion. It's like, can we afford to drop two? But going away to Fulham doesn't appear to be dropping two points when they're one of the form sides in the division. Yeah. That's why a bit of win would be so so good. I think so it would. I've, do you know what? And, and you're right. I think a win would be such a fantastic point. I'm not going to really coin this as being a, a blip because it's not really a blip, but that there is a little bit of nervousness and... I don't think the players need the confidence. I really don't because they're, they're full of confidence. But I think there'll be a great feeling around the club if we then go on to Reading in a real strong position if we pick three points up on Saturday. Uh, team-wise then for Saturday, uh, this is where the interesting uh, selection yeah. pick comes to play. Obviously no Neves, of course, because he's suspended for the next two games. The Ruddy question is in fact to Andy. Team-wise, what would you go for? What would be your starting eleven? I think you'll stick with Ruddy. Yep. This is going to be controversial, but I would probably drop Bolly to the bench. Wow, okay. Wow, okay. Oh, hello. I think Bolly's been dire the last three games. The Bolly bombshell. I, I like him. I think he's a, he's a good player, but he's he does have that tendency to just take his eye off the ball, and mm. he, he definitely needs someone to tell him what to do. And he just hasn't worked for the last few. So who would so, you replace Bolly with? Because you've got the, what you've the only got. player he would replace him with would be House. Okay, he yeah. wouldn't put Bart over there because he, he obviously likes someone who can play with the left foot mm. on, on on that side. So I'd probably bring Court in, okay. see what he can do. Um, and I guess the centre of the park is the the, the, the key yeah. one. We talked about Sace. It, it, I think he'll go with Sace and Dykes. I don't see um, MG Dub as the defensive minded yeah. midfielder. And I, I I can't see him starting yet. I think it's a big game no. for him to go into. He's more of an impact player to come on. Yeah. He's he has got that attacking mindset, hasn't he? Mm, Old MGW. But it would be ballsy as hell if he just chucks him in into the deep <laughs> yeah. end and, and goes for it. But I, I don't think he will. I think he'll go with Sason and I. And then up front, your, your front three. Do you keep the same front three with with Cam Jotter and Costa? Yeah, I think so because they do work well together. If you, I think we will play mostly on the counter, and there are very few as. as Quick and tricky as Jota. Cav, he's playing really well at the minute. I know Costa came off last night, but he's found a little bit of form again after a, a couple of months of dross. So I would stick with those three up front. Right. Any changes to the proposal made there by um, Yeah, I mean, I think, as I mentioned it previously, I don't think he will, but I would genuinely go with Norris and Gold. But I think... We're expecting uh, Ruddy to start, and and if he does, let's hope you know he has a good game. Um, I get the I get the volley thing, I do, and I remember listening to you guys when you did your pod uh, with Cody and Burgoyne, and I think Cody kind of flippantly joked about volley and his concentration that <laughs> he, he tends to switch off, and sometimes it can be a little bit too easy for him. So I don't know if perhaps that's Andy's looking at and thinking, well, his performances haven't quite been there. Um, I would still keep him because I just think as a, as a presence, and I, I hope he's over a couple of below average bolly type performances. So I would keep him in. So other than Norris, which I wouldn't expect, um, it is obviously the Neves question. Um, I think where we are at this stage of the season and with who we're up against away to Fulham he's got to go Sace I like Gibbs White but I do tend to agree that he's perhaps not a starter just yet 
on the front line, yeah, I would keep it the same. Mm. The the only change I potentially make would be Jota to come out and Bonatini to come in. If I did that, then I'd be then probably more adventurous and change my mind on Saiz and bring Gibbs White in because I think Bonatini would give the midfield more protection. But I think if you have Endai and Saiz as holding midfielders effectively, then I think you don't want to lose that creativity even of Jota, Cav and Costa. And the latter two have been on fantastic form. Um, So that's that's whereabouts Mm. I would go. And I think you'll probably see... Uh, Bonatini come on second half than a phobia. We've alluded to that, yeah. and I think they'll yeah. they'll try and give Bonatini a go to see mm. if he can rekindle that magic. And I think with Bonatini, he seems to get the best out of Jota. Both of their best form has been when they've been together. Mm. They've almost got a, a telepathic link, those two. So I think if you have Bonatini, I'd be inclined to stick with Jota. Mm. And plus, as well as Cavi's doing, there's something about him when he comes off the bench and he's just angry. <laughs> He's just like, I yeah. just want to. I want to show you that dropping me is a bad idea. Yeah. So if he does that, I wouldn't be too disappointed either. Well, Fulham of the weekend, it's going to be nervous. But we all behind the lads, gentlemen. Thursday night recording, a bit closer this time to a game. So, yeah. gut wise, what are you thinking for Fulham versus Wolverhampton Wanderers at half five on Saturday, the twenty fifth of February? Will it be? Yes. 24th? 24th, 24th February. Yeah. Not a day yet. 24th. Andy, what are you thinking first? Fulham Wolves. I think we're, we're undefeated in three away at Fulham, I believe. I can see that continuing. I think we'll I think we'll win 2 0. 2 0. And he's confident. Rye, what are you going for? I'm going to go win. I'm going to yeah. go win as well. I think we'll concede. So I, I will go 2 1. This is the first game this season where I clearly can't see a result. As when I say clear, I can't predict because I'm obviously mm. trying not to be pessimistic mm. and I don't want to say but any much. three of the, the possible outcomes yeah. are absolutely possible <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I'm gonna ha- I will be positive for this and say a, a squeaky 1-0 no 3-2 win 3-2 there'll be goals <laughs> 1-0 or 3-2 <laughs> so the one goal or 5 there'll be right. a one goal gap <laughs> but 3-2 right we, we, uh, we're not doing a Twitter corner this week or email corner more so for email corner because we didn't get any emails last week <laughs> it make it very uh, difficult but to you do. can email us your questions or your funny stories uh, podcast at wallsfancast.com but I thought this time we'd do a, do a little quiz gentlemen do a little quiz to end off and we'll do a Rye versus Andy for this quiz okay. I thought we'd play Excellent. the first ever edition of Wolves Fancast's Play your appearances right. Cue oh. music. Da, 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 da. I don't know what the music is. Anyway, so, just like the gameplay your cards are, I have scoured Wikipedia of former play- foreign, former players, really, um, and I have looked at their appearances for Wolves when they're at Wolves. And Now, this can be both appearances, and when I mean by that, I mean they may have gone away from the club and come back again, or they might okay. go out on loan and come back again. Um, so, I'm going to give you... So, who wants to go first? Because the idea is, the idea is we... Continue with the same person until they get it wrong. Then he switches to the next person. And the winner is the, the person who gets the last one correct right, in okay. this one. Um, so who wants to go first? Um, Andy, go first. Andy, Andy first. to serve on this right. one. So, okay. Andy, yeah. so Andy, what I'm going to do, I'm going to give you the first person and their appearance total. Right, okay. Um, there is an option to switch to a different person if you want, but if you do switch, you can't switch back. Oh, I'm loving this right. already. This <laughs> wow. is good. Uh, so Matt Jarvis is your first one. Do you want to just have, just just for the fun of it, a guess of how many appearances he had for um, Wolves? He was here for what? One, two, was he for about four years, was he? So, it might have been. <laughs> <laughs> I would say 100 and, 
17. 117. Right, I just want to have a guess for the fun of it. Uh, can I just go higher or lower? Or, okay, now let's um, <laughs> let's let's be try and be a bit more accurate than that. Um, hmm. I'm just thinking. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking far too much into it. I'm thinking injuries, but if I say, okay, I I will go back one fifty. One fifty. Right was close. One hundred and sixty-four for Matt okay, Jones. Well. His okay. time. Uh, do let us know how you get on at home. Play along at home at WWFC Fancast on Twitter, uh, and just let us know how you got now. Andy, do you want to keep a Matt Jarvis or do you want to change to a different person? We'll keep Matt Jarvis. We'll keep Matt Jarvis. Uh, I'll let you know who the other person was. I was going to go for Michael Kiteley. Right. Higher or lower than Matt Jarvis? Lower, I would say. Just for the fun. This is just for the yeah, fun. Yeah, I'd say lower because he had that quite a quite a layoff, didn't he? Lower. Yeah, well, I would go lower. Yeah, well, yeah, 114 for my colleague. Mm. Right. So the next person. So for Matt Jobs, he's 164. Neil Emblem. Higher or lower? Ooh. Is Neil Emblem higher or lower <laughs> Neil than well. Matt Jarvis? Obviously, the new uh, assistant manager at uh, yeah. Colorado Rapids. Um, I would go with higher. You guess right. Oh. 203 appearances for Wolves. nervous at that do you, And do you know what? I'm, I'm competing against Andy, so I'm not going to put any hints, but I was thinking there, more cook games, more playoff games. That's <laughs> what I'm thinking, yeah. Okay. Do, those, yeah. do those include Anglo-Italian cup appearances <laughs> as well? Yeah. Losing the championship, it was a 46-game yeah. season yeah. rather than yeah. a few Premier yeah. League. Uh, okay, so we had 203 for Neil Emblem. Sean Newton is next. Sean Newton. Uh, I think that would be lower. You are correct. 103 appearances from old Sean Newton. Yeah, I thought it'd be quite a bit lower, to be honest. So Andy's still in control here. Next one, Roger Johnson. Good old Roger Johnson. Oh, I would hope lower. And your hope is correct. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Roger Johnson with 69 appearances for Wolves. Is that all? Yeah, oh. 69 appearances. I forgot, you know, talking about Roger Johnson, we had old, uh, we haven't mentioned on the podcast because we haven't been doing a recording old Albion, Taxi Gate. I know. It's, it's brilliant. Everything about that story was fantastic. <laughs> Everything about that story. And I hadn't realised, I think they, they, they talked about a couple of days later, which they hadn't revealed, was it a day before that incident, Alan Pardew had his phone wallet stolen? Yeah. As well? Yeah. So he probably at that day thought, well, this is at least the worst thing that can happen. Yeah. <laughs> so everything that we did right when we went on holiday, they've done the exact yeah. opposite. But, you know, I don't know, obviously talking about album too much, but where they are in the Premier League and things like this happening, you, that is kind of the story of you can see when teams are perhaps going to get relegated. Everything that can go wrong, everything that's come out of the media, yeah. everything yeah. comes it's out. it's Gareth Barry, the model yeah. professional. Yeah. Just unbelievable. It's just ridiculous. It's made the season. It just, it, that felt like an in-betweeners episode. Well, yeah. Everything <laughs> happened. Yeah. But it was great. Okay, anyway, so Rogers the 69. Next one, Darren Potter. Darren oh, Potter. Potter. That's a tough one. Higher or lower than Roger Johnson's 69? I think Darren he might Potter. have been with us a little bit longer, but he didn't play a lot, did he? Um, so, what are we going to go for here? Lower. In the 50s. I'm going to go to Rye. <gasps> so. Well, I'm going to go higher. Well, obviously, going to go higher, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just realised then. I just realised. Anyway, so well. <laughs> He goes to Ryan. You could have said exactly the same. But for a bonus, no points. Shall I guess his yeah. appearances? Guess his appearances. So he's obviously uh, higher. I'd go um, 85. 96. Okay. I'm just okay. couldn't get that elusive yeah. 100 mark. Mm, I'd be yeah. really annoyed as a player if you like on 99 appearances. Yeah. And yeah. You couldn't get that 100, yeah. 100 mark. So we're on to Ryan now. Uh, so so Darren Potter on 96. Your next one is Dean Sturridge. Dean Sturridge. How many appearances for Wolves? He's got to be higher. 
it's back to Andy. Oh, Dean Sturridge for Dean Sturridge seventy-five appearances for Wolves. This is Wikipedia, rest- by the way. Okay. No, I'm not disputing your source. Well, he had two championship seasons, didn't he, with us? Or was it one and a half? When we had him on loan, and then you perhaps think he's longer than you. Is that yeah. I, I was thinking the amount of goals he scored, but okay, no, he didn't right. play a lot in the Premier League, did he? Yeah, Roy mm. subbed on and subbed off that immediately. Was short-lived. Oof. Wow. Uh, so Dean Sturridge on 75 next one back to Andy Mark Atkins Mark Atkins oh, higher or lower yeah. than 74 what? appearances oh yeah, I remember having a good couple of seasons but and a really bad one as well yeah I remember being a, a, as a kid having football manager and I was struggling for goals for Wolves at one point in the season I decided to randomly put Mark Atkins up front mm. and he did fantastic for me <laughs> absolutely fantastic anyway Mark Atkins higher or lower than Dean Sturridge is 75 Higher. It is higher. Oh. 126. Really? Yeah. yeah. I, he I played, remember he played him having centre half, didn't he, as well? Yeah. And then, he, 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 he was the yeah. uh, the old school Connor Cody midfielder yeah. pushback. Yeah. Uh, next one then, George Adekobe. Big George. Oh, higher or lower? I love than Big Mark George. I love Big George so much that I even named my dog after him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he. Um, we were playing a League Cup game and Ella Kobe scored and he was trying to get a name for the dog. And when Ella Kobe scored, I called my dog George, and he actually responded to it. So good sorry. Oh. That, that's where he got his name from. Um, but will he get his appearances right? I think higher or lower? Because he had quite a nasty layoff as well, didn't he? So I think possibly lower. It is lower. Mm. Well done, eighty-five appearances. Mm. Oh for well. big George. It's Andy still in the game here, but Roy could nick it right oh, at the end. That, 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 <laughs> that would be an Oliveira, uh, Oliveira <laughs> last minute. Uh, the next one, Michael Oakes. Michael Oakes, higher or lower oh. than George Lecobe's 85? I... Mm, Christ, that's it. Lower? It is lower. 59 appearances. That's but he that's seemed to be with us thought, forever, yeah. didn't he? We've got three more left here, so Roy could still, I'll, I'll, I'll could, could still knock in, uh, nick it in there. Uh, so next one, Sam Vokes. Obviously starring up now for Burnley. Yeah. Did mm, Sam Vokes yeah. make more or less than 59 appearances for Wolves? In his tenure, for his time. Again. He was there for a good four years, but he didn't play a great deal, did he? Um, lower. It is lower. Oh, forty-nine appearances. Oh. It's getting close here. Next one, we're on the penultimate one here. Guardiola, Adlin Guardiola. Did he make higher or fewer appearances than? Oh, Mike's gone. Again, he was there for a while, but mm. didn't. He had one bad game against Wigan in the Premier League, and that was it. Everybody yeah, was just like, done, yeah, wasn't it? He, he was done. So, um, did uh, Guardiola make fewer or higher appearances than Samuel Vokes? I think <laughs> he might have made about three or four more. So, I think he might have like early 50s. Early 50s. Maybe. Well, 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 well. well. The last Dance. question. Unfortunately for I. Yeah. It's going to go to him. Oh! Because it was fewer appearances. Fewer. 38 appearances for Guardiola. So we're on the last one now. Roy's wow. coming at the perfect point. <laughs> wow. Hang on, so if Roy gets this wrong, then I presume. Does Andy win? Or is it just. Autom- a, yeah. Does it automatically draw? <laughs> no, I think it'll probably Look go. The game's to Andy. So Andy, Andy could win by default here. Right, yeah, after okay. all of it. So it's the last one. Wow. Did this player make more appearances or fewer than Guardiola, Mo Kamara? Oh my God, Mo Kamara. Mo Kamara, Mo did Kamara he make... of chill fame. Yes. Who 
I was in the company of a few weeks ago, Mo Kamara, and I wish I had the foresight to have <laughs> asked him that I would be going on a podcast in a few weeks' time if he had more or less appearances. Should just than ask Stu. Stu's bound to know the yeah. answer to that. So Mo Kamara, we'll the man who owns a wine jazz bar yes. in Technol, um, did he make higher or lower appearances than Adeline Guardiola to win the game? I'm going to go... Come on, Mo. <laughs> Higher. More appearances. He set the penalty up. And he converted. Oh, It's a win right wow. to the death. And he did all the work. <laughs> yeah. But Roy wins it at the end. 45 appearances. Okay. Mo Kamara. And that is the quiz. Did you get them all right? Let us know at WWFC Fancast on Twitter or any of the social media platforms. Uh, and that's, that's the quiz, gentlemen. Thought we mixed up a bit. Brilliant. For this week. Yep, Play your appearances right. Gets a oh, first appearance. Amazing. Maybe we'll do another one later on in the Maybe season. Maybe we'll have a leaderboard as well. Yeah. It's a great <laughs> idea. <laughs> Um, and that's where we'll leave the podcast this week thank you very much for listening thanks to our sponsors Hill and Smith Limited and Opera Creative you can follow us all week on your social media channels for your lols and trolls just search for Wolves Fancast and you can find us there and also if this is your first time listening to Wolves Fancast or if you've been a regular listener just want to say a massive thank you to you for supporting what we do and all, all the stuff we do this is all for you and we love podcasts yeah yep. exactly um, and we you know we do this all for you so we're very grateful for your, you tuning in for downloading and supporting the podcast in any way that you do and if you do like what we do and you download the podcast on iTunes please give us a five star review and give us a review it does really help us on the old iTunes charts as well but for uh, this week we're done we'll be back next week to talk about that game against Fulham <laughs> oh, here we go ah, oh, scary it's yeah. all scary uh, but for this week it's bye from Andy see ya bye from Rye goodbye and it's bye from me see you next time